You're listening to The Watchers, a show where two women from opposite ends of New Jersey watch movies about a world in which an actor can even be elected president. <laughs> it's so fucking depressing. This was about Reagan. My other option was uh, a show where op- women, two women from opposite ends of New Jersey watch movies about a bunch of dead rats in a tampon factory. <laughs> that line is is just bonkers. This movie is crazy. I know. It's like I know. I I would just love to talk to your dad and Weird Al. Just, I would love I'm... to talk to my dad too, Andrea. Johnny, <laughs> I hate to break it. To <laughs> my dad said we're here again already. Oh no. I know we don't release the video of this, but you would have seen, listeners, me take just the briefest pause of like, am I going to do it? Yeah. <laughs> am I going to? Yeah. I'm going to yeah. do it. No, and I mean, unfortunately, I think what I realized when I rewatched this movie was that like, I can't believe I'm going to say this out loud on a podcast. Like my dad was a boob man. Like <laughs> this movie has a lot of boobs. There's so, it's just like. It's very boob focused. <sighs> To be fair, most of the movies from this time that are in this vein are pretty boob focused. That's we'll get into everything we'll get into, obviously, (laughs) but I'm a little flummoxed because (laughs) this movie has so much in common with so many other movies of this same time. But Mm -hmm. there's just something. Let's where do we? Oh, I'm Andrea. And I'm Jody, And we watch Top Secret. According to most of the reviews I read of this movie, I think the real problem is that there isn't really a plot. Like, there is, but it doesn't make any sense. Right. Um, the creators of this movie have admitted this. They they have said, like, this movie had no plot. It's not a good movie. It's like a joke book. I, I did a thing I don't usually do, um, which is I listened to a podcast about this movie before we recorded. Mm. And I never do that because I don't want to inform our conversation right. and put it on the back of somebody else's hard work. Sure. Um, but I will quickly shout out this podcast called Clash of the Titles. Mm. And the reason I listened to that one is because it put Airplane 1980, Top Secret 1984, mm-hmm. right? And yep. then Naked Gun. Right. Um in conversation, which obviously they are because they're all by the we'll same three all guys. Yeah. yeah. Um, and that was their their like biggest comment as well. Like this really mm-hmm. this movie is just like it feels like so many jokes. Yeah. Not all of them. In fact, many of them not very good. Um, and then tied together through scenes. And I think. My my first note before we get into any of it is this movie was way too long. Like <laughs> it was only like, ninety minutes. It felt so much longer. Was it really only ninety minutes? Yes. They should have just. Here's my tip: is <laughs> cut out the jokes that aren't funny. Like if you're not worried about the plot, and then like because I did laugh out loud a few times. I yeah. texted you most of them. We'll probably do a rundown. I mean, I think that the thing about this movie is that the creators would probably agree with you. Uh huh. Um. It's so weird that it comes between two great versions of this kind of movie. So, yes, but I do think that I think that I far be it for me to criticize Airplane. 
But I, I was just going to say, I haven't seen that movie since I was a kid. Would I go back, watch it, and be saying the same thing? I, the plot works better, but that's because they basically stole the plot from something else. Right. And turned it into a parody. They did not make up that plot, really. Um, okay. According to the filmmakers, which we should talk, we should get into some actual details here. It is David and Jerry Zucker and Jim Abrams are the three um, sort of co-writer directors for this group of movies. Um, And they have basically said, like, they took the plot for Airplane from the movie they were parodying. This movie, they kind of didn't have a plot. They're parodying, and the other thing, too, that makes it confusing is they're parodying two different kind of, like, genres or More styles than that of even. movie. Yeah. Well, there's, like, specific movies. Right. But then they're doing the, like, those, like, Elvis musical mm-hmm. movies and then also World War Two spot, which are not. Like, and an and entire then... homage to Blue Lagoon at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> we make fun of Family Guy for doing shit like this, but, like. <laughs> They didn't create the, it's like that time. No. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, they said there's a, I'm going to try not to do too much quote reading here, but um, this is from the Wikipedia. So I apologize for my lack of intense research, but it says the lack of any clear sense of period, something that may throw viewers who insist on comedic non-essentials like interior logic. It's basically a parody of (laughs) World War II. French resistance movies, but along the way, it also skewers 50s rock and roll films, 60s beach party movies, and the Blue Lagoon. And yet, it has some, like, surprising fans. Um, Your dad. My dad. My dad. Hey, I never said that my dad was, like, an intellectual. Well, he wasn't intellectual, but he liked dumb movies. Um, Okay. Let's not. I would say what I know based about, like, on your dad's taste in movies is that typically it is flawless and impeccable. Right, right. And so this one is just a little bit of a misstep. Though I am going to keep saying I did laugh out loud a few times watching this. Yeah. And I'm not going to lie. I think the boobs might have had something to do with it. Like the, the boobs. boobs? Oh, yes. Okay. For, for your dad. For my dad. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe maybe for me as well. I don't know. It takes a little more than just random boobs in a movie to get me on board. I will say Roger Ebert gave this three and a half stars, which is wild. Fascinating. Yeah. He says it has political jokes and boob jokes, dog poop jokes, and ballet jokes. I I guess he's right. Yeah. So, uh, do you want to try to tell us what this movie is about? <laughs> no, I don't. But it's your, it's your, uh, it's your job. This is. This I'm excited is to hear you try to try to do this. I want to really paint the scene for our listeners. Um, last week, you heard that I had some sort of unwellness. Mm-hmm. Found out shortly after is in fact or was I should say I've tested I've since tested negative COVID. Mm-hmm. So I'm on a week of COVID unwellness. It is also eight o'clock at night and we normally record <laughs> first thing in the morning. I've had some some caffeine. Yeah. Like you usually get me. Maybe I shouldn't tell listeners this at my best and brightest. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I've also been driving for three days straight now. So we are and you're not in a hotel at room. the top of our game at the moment. I've been, and- I drove eight hours a day for the last three days. And none of that is to excuse what's about to happen. It's just to provide context for. Yes. So, But I do need you to, to recap the plot. <laughs> Here's what this movie, I think, is about. Okay, here we go. Val Kilmer. Yes. Plays 
a really famous in the States rock star. Yes. This is also his debut film. Yeah. And he is beautiful. He so, is so beautiful. In it, this movie. It's imagine this movie with uh, not Val Kilmer. How would how would you? Oh, it would. He just like it would lights. have been a pointless exercise. But we've got Val Kilmer tying all of this together for us. He had just God. graduated Juilliard, by the way. <laughs> That's what he did. I love him. I love yeah. him. Um. So he is. I don't even I already don't remember why he's in he's sent as an ambassador to East Germany Mm -hmm. and then he gets caught up in a plot to rescue Mm -hmm. the scientist father of his love interest yes who he meets at the restaurant that's right he's at a restaurant (laughs) that was the first thing that made me laugh out loud his like chaperone yes um oh (laughs) I know what you're gonna say (laughs) He's like Val Kilmer is sitting at a table waiting for his chaperone guy to join him and he sees a note on the table and he's reading the note and it's from his chaperone and so you get a voiceover and it's got the like voiceover effect like it sounds like it's like through a phone or something kind of and he's like sorry I won't be able to make it I've come down with a sore throat and then they cut to that guy is there he's just talking through like a megaphone and he's like this doesn't help at all. Like that's supposed to help with his sore throat. Yep. That was a good that was a good bit. I'm not gonna name all of the bits that made me laugh right now. There were that some was... good visual bits, I'm I have to say. Like yes, that's what I will say. Yeah. Like, some of the visual stuff in this is impressive and funny. it's really like so there's a part of me that likes very serious things and likes very like highbrow whatever. We've talked endlessly about how we're both sort of like academic adjacent. But one of my favorite movies growing up was history of the world part one. Oh, totally. and i loved monty python and i loved airplane and i i just i do love really stupid humor and i'm a huge mel brooks fan and there's yes. so much in space common balls, with these movies like, oh my god i do you know i've yeah. never seen a single star wars movie but space balls was one of my favorites as a kid like i uh, so like huh? and like out. i watched men in tights last month and it yeah. held up for me. So yeah. like I love this kind of humor. Yeah, like that's what I mean. There's just you know it's just not quite anyway, so the movie. Yes. He gets caught up in this plot to rescue yes. the scientist father. Uh, then there's like some French revolutionaries. Resistance, yes. I mean the like French resistance shows up. Yes. And we find out that that Latrine. That, <laughs> Also, that's the name of one of the character of the like witch lady in Men in Tights. So we find out that the leader of this of the French resistance is Hillary, whose name means her boobs defy defy gravity. I defy believe defy gravity is apparently what Hillary. But means. she's not really the leader of the French resistance. No, I was just going to say you find out that the leader is her childhood love who she grew up on an island again you said blue lagoon it is just yeah it's blue lagoon like he's got the curly blonde yeah. hair yeah um and then and then he gets rescued right you missed the part where uh nigel is a traitor and they go and they do the like planning to break into the castle it's a very Monty Python, like with the model, like planning the cow thing. Oh, right, right, right. And then there's the whole thing with two of them in the cow costume. There's a cow blowjob 
yeah. joke, kind yeah, of. Yeah, that, that one was a little didn't. Rough. Yeah, that one didn't really work for me. Yeah. yeah. Wait, you want me to explain the movie, right? Well, what's to explain? I mean, he's not the first guy who fell in love with a girl he met in a restaurant <laughs> who turned out to be the daughter of a kidnapped scientist. Um, to lose her to a childhood lover she'd last seen on a deserted island who, years later, is the leader of the French underground. I, there you go. It all sounds like some bad movie. Yes. Turn the camera. The I found the script. Yes. But I don't think the plot matters at all. Like, well, if I can read to you a little bit from this three and a half star Roger Ebert review. Um he says, to describe the plot would be an exercise in futility. Wow, thanks. thanks. Yeah. Thanks, Jody. This movie has no plot. It does not need one. <laughs> one does not attend movies like Top Secret in order to follow the storyline. Which is true. Like. Yeah. But, oh boy, this one is really like, I mean, tenuous I c- at best. Yeah, but, like, honestly, if you asked me to recount the plot of Airplane, if I hadn't just read a bunch of stuff about Airplane and Top Secret, it would have taken me quite a bit to figure it out. To remember what it was. Well, and even Men in Tights, pretty straightforward. And I just saw it, and yeah, I would probably still be fuzzy on the details. Again, yeah. it doesn't. It truly doesn't matter. Plot is not the the point here, really. Um, the point it seems to me is just that they needed to do something after Airplane. <laughs> yeah, they had a huge success with Airplane. They were kind of given free reign to do something new. They had tried to create the TV show Police Squad after Airplane came out, um, which only made it like six episodes, I think, but then ended up becoming Naked Gun, the movie, later on. That was the idea for Naked Gun. Um, But in between those two things, they were like trying to come up with their next big thing, and they came up with Top Secret, which was not a successful movie. Um, it, but again now it still earned 20 million dollars but but i sort of now i'm backtracking on what i said earlier which is now i i really don't understand why it wasn't successful again if the other two were well there was no like i think airplane was simple that's what they say anyway is that airplane had a very simple plot granted it wasn't a plot they really came up with but it was a very simple plot And there was, like, one romance at the center of it. It wasn't a bunch of different decades. Like, literally, this could be the 80s, the 60s, the 40s, like, all at the same time. Um, And and none of the them. Maybe that's what it is. Because it's, like, the plot in all of these movies, tenuous at best. But this movie asks you to try to keep up with it in a way that the other movies don't. And it asks you to ignore time period completely. Mm -hmm. Like, it really... It different points feels like it's in one of like four or five different decades. Totally. And so there's not like a solid ground for it to like hold on to. But also originally it was like two full hours long and they cut it down to 90 minutes. And uh, I think in part of what <laughs> I know you're looking at me like I'm crazy. Um, but in doing that, I think they also kind of didn't end up with much of an ending either they need to release the zucker cut of this movie and then it'll make well the dvd edition does include a handful of deleted (gasps) scenes and a commentary track who (laughs) auto commentary track by the filmmakers who audibly wince at what they consider their movies slow pace and over reliance on obscure source material so they agree with you andrea (laughs) okay i mean that makes me feel that does that does make me feel a little better yeah they they know that they kind of missed the mark with this one but i think that 
the the way that they defend it is that like they still think a lot of the visual jokes and a lot of the sort of like silliness holds up and i, I agree i agree with that jerry zucker literally says we didn't do a good job of storytelling and movie structure <laughs> get off our backs we broke a lot of rules but not in good ways he said the part of the problem with doing a second movie after a big hit is everybody says, well, you must know. And the fact is we didn't. We knew how to tell jokes. We didn't understand how to make a movie. I don't know why nobody said, hey, take a structure course. <laughs> wow. Yeah. I kinda, all right. Immediately clear, though, first scene in this movie is a parody of a Beach mm -hmm. Boys song. So big surprise that Weird Al is such a fan. Yes. Um, and, you know, there the movie is full of references that people today won't get necessarily mm -hmm. but sp like specific references to specific scenes in specific movies like right. the restaurant scene is um is uh, basically taken from the movie the conspirators oh. um there's like the great escape parody at the end when he's on the motorcycle there's the mm -hmm. blue lagoon like all throughout there's these little scenes and even the actors that are in them are playing parts that play off other previous parts they've played more in more serious roles that's fine so they have well, like that's serious like the Leslie Nielsen in, exactly. in exactly yes so like Omar Sharif is in this movie mm -hmm. and like is literally like crushed into a car but still talking and and he was such a serious actor that was one of my big laughs was the reveal of him crushing <laughs> waddling into the room again the, yeah some of the visuals in this movie are like that's that's still funny today yeah. that holds up that made me that really made me cackle yeah did you come across the story of how that skeet surfing song came about no i don't think so i'm not sure where they found this i heard this in the podcast that i referenced earlier and so maybe they watched the commentary or something because mm -hmm. i didn't come across this in print anywhere but apparently, so that song that Beach Boys parody in the beginning, Skeet Surfing, yeah. is because when they were doing press for Airplane with overseas, and it's, we all know, like, even if you're not involved, you know, press junkets are grueling, right? Yeah. And it's like, just over and over and over again. And so they started doing this thing with themselves where they would see, like, what how big of a lie they could get away with, with reporters. And they they told people, like, one of their big ones was that in America, one of the biggest sports was skeet surfing <laughs> where you're shooting skeets or like skeet shooting skeets skeet shooting um while on a surfboard and so that song is just an inside joke for them for them that's funny i feel like a I lot love. of this is like that you know just to kind of um i don't know if this will help at all giving this like time frame but i watched this movie um again last night in a hotel room in Madison, Wisconsin, not realizing that these guys are all from Wisconsin. I love that. Um, Did it so, feel like <laughs> we're like in in the groove of the movie, knowing that? Uh, not really. <laughs> <laughs> I was so tired. Um, but they started their careers in Madison, which is where I was last night. Uh, they were key members of a, of a satirical sketch troupe called the Kentucky Fried Theater. They then graduated to the big screen in collaboration with John Landis on the 1978 film, The Kentucky Fried Movie, mm. which I don't know that I have seen. I've definitely never seen it. I know it. I but... do too. And I have a couple of friends I, that were really obsessed with it. And I kind mm -hmm. of feel bad that I haven't 
seen it. Um, but then they released Airplane. Um, and Police Squad came out in 82, the TV show. And then this movie in 84 and then Naked Gun in 87. Um, so they, it's so funny when they talk about their references. Um, basically, in this article that I'm looking at from... 2019 it says like their immediate forerunners are people like mel brooks and woody Mm -hmm. allen who had all the same influences i think you could feel that yeah i will say the first thing that made me laugh out loud um was when he's imprisoned and he's (laughs) trying to escape and he crawls through a vent and it just throws him out the like great vent below i that made me laugh yes it so hard and also i wanted 15 minutes of him not realizing he kept getting thrown back into the same room i know i would have watched an entire movie of just that it that really that part really got me so silly another thing that made me really laugh was when who even is it who is the person now see maybe it doesn't matter somebody is what do you call it with a horse on a thing oh yeah like a horse and carriage kind of like a horse and carriage yeah, yeah. And it's the shot is like far back enough that <laughs> you hear who you think is the person driving the carriage or whatever mm-hmm. singing. <laughs> and as they pull in, so the shot gets closer and closer. You realize for no reason at all, it's the horse. <laughs> yeah. It's a singing horse. Yeah. But the reveal of that is so funny and so like genuinely unexpected. That made me, I was delighted by that. And then this is just this movie being packed. It really is packed with wall to wall jokes. Yeah. I don't think all of them work, obviously, but the ones that do really do for me. Cause it's also then when he's like, he says like, oh, he's a little horse. He, mm-hmm. He's got a cold. He's a little horse. And then you realize also he's, he's just a, a little horse. He's just a tiny he's horse. He's just a little horse. <laughs> just, just a little horse. There's so many, like, I think that I enjoyed this. I know that I enjoyed this more than you did. And I think part of it is because some of these jokes I had forgotten about. And like, Mm -hmm. so I had the laugh of like, that's so silly, but also the laugh of like recognition. Yeah, there's probably a good chance if I'd seen this as a kid. Again, if we watched Naked Gun specifically, Airplane, I wasn't really into as a kid. But for some reason, Naked Gun specifically this is so weird but naked gun 33 and a third mm-hmm. like was i think it was on hbo a lot or something when i was a kid maybe probably but i saw that movie so many times and i bet that i would feel similarly about watching that today as you do about watching right this. yeah because so like one of the first things that i always um and i didn't know this little behind the scenes fact but the east german anthem that is translated on the screen for mm-hmm. you that's like forget it the guards will kill you if the electrified fence doesn't first where it's like right. all of that stuff it's actually set to the music from their wisconsin high school song oh i see that's i fun. love those little details yeah us just so obsessed with where we're from like yeah. that's of course yeah that's really that's really funny yeah a lot I love. Of the music- I love all the dance numbers too. I was like, just gonna say, a lot of the music stuff is really fun. And Val Kilmer is singing all of those songs. The, oh, I meant to find. Can I tell you? I meant to look it up, and I thought Jody will know. Yeah, it's all him. I, I, that's, huh? I'm like, I'm mm-hmm. like pretty impressed. I mean, he's just doing impressions, but he can. But sing. they're pretty good impressions, and yeah. he's dancing for a lot of that too. Here's 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 the most important thing about everything we've done whether or not i hated this movie whether 
Like, I'm glad we did it no matter what, because, Jody, I can't believe this wasn't the first thing I said. That scene where he's like, he's performing for all of the teens mm-hmm. and he pulls his underwear out of his jeans. Yeah. I have seen one scene of this movie when I was very young, never knew what it was from, and it lives in my brain. And I've wow. never been able to track down what it, what it was. And it, it was, was that, that scene from this movie. So a real mystery of my life has been oh, how nice. solved. Has, I had no we idea it was it. Val Kilmer. In my head, for some reason, I thought maybe it was Eddie and the Cruisers, and I just kept mm. meaning to... That movie's not silly enough for, yeah. for that. I just... But, like, I... So, so I didn't hate this movie, but even if I had, (laughs) this would have been worth it for me. That's so funny. Yeah. During that scene, I was like, oh God, that girl's like 12. And then I was like, oh wait, that's the point. (laughs) This is, (laughs) this is referencing like Elvis. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. That's kind of the reason for that. Yeah. No, there's lots of silly things. There's also lots of like little Easter eggs. Like uh, there's a poster of Cher in the cell with him when he's locked up and he was dating Cher at the time. Did you know Val Kilmer dated Cher? What? Yeah. Well, what are you saying to me right yeah. now? He was dating her at the time. That's why there's a poster of her in his uh, prison cell. Yes, Google. I did want to know what their age difference was. Thank you. <laughs> She's 13 years older than him. Okay. Yeah, he was dating Cher. Wow. What an 80s looking ass couple. Oh my god. Yeah, pretty pretty great. Holy smokes. This is wow. Good for them. <laughs> There's also the um I mean the whole backward scene in the Swedish bookstore. So good. That's yeah. what I, that's what I mean. Like a lot of this is genuinely like cool and interesting visually. Yeah. Do you know why they did that? why they why they ran that backwards is i thought it was just because swedish people sound silly is that not close um i found this again in the roger ebert review he says the scene depends on its inspiration for its inspiration on this observation people who run tape recorders backward i guess those are people you know those people those people often say that english played backwards sounds like swedish especially of course to people who do not speak swedish right what Top Secret does is to film an entire scene and play it backwards so that the dialogue sounds Swedish and then translate into English subtitles. This is funny enough at the beginning, but it becomes inspired at the end when the scene finally gives itself away. There's a lot of like fun language stuff like that. Like yeah. the priest, uh, or is it, not, is it a priest? Who's speaking Pig Latin? Yeah, it's the priest that they then uh, murder. It... <laughs> they do the electric chair. But yeah, he's saying like veni, vidi, vici and like <laughs> e pluribus unum and... <laughs> All of the just random. Like, that's all fun. That's fun. Some of this movie is fun. Yeah. Um, when they find out that uh, there's a traitor, and I forget who comes running in. Maybe it's Latrine. It's maybe always it's Latrine. Deja vu. Yeah. Um, avant-garde. Avant-garde. Um, <laughs> I think, like, that's so stupid. Like, they just they no. the only French words they knew. Yes. Like, but one of them runs in with the carrier pigeon in their hand. Yeah. And they're like, oh, it is, it's Latrine, you're right. Because um, he's always Latrine's running like, and injured. Yeah. He's like, oh, right, right, right. He's like a traitor in our midst. And he's holding the carrier pigeon that has delivered a message. And somebody else says, well done, Latrine. I see you have dealt with him appropriately. Yeah. Because the carrier pigeon is dead. <laughs> Not the carrier pigeon. Yeah. There's also a lot of secret um, 
like like phrases that sound like German phrases or Yiddish phrases that are things that you don't realize they are. Like the waiter asking um, Val Kilmer if he's ready to order is actually using a Yiddish curse that's supposed to say, go take a shit in the ocean. There's a lot of those little things where like you just hear a voice in German or a voice in Yiddish, like when they're leaving the train, um, the checkpoint, the voice is actually saying the train that is now on platform three surprised us all. Like there's just like random. I wonder if that's a reference to something else. Probably. Yeah. A lot of the German that he's learning on the train is not actually a language at all. I also, I screen captured a lot of the like newspapers and things because I knew that there would be little Easter eggs in there, but turns out I didn't need to do that because all of that information, of course, is available online. Uh, um, but in the shot of the newspaper headlines um, that announces him playing at the festival, two of the other headlines are scientists prolong orgasm to double figures and uh-huh. meteorite lands near baby. <laughs> meteorite lands near baby. Yeah. Like, that's so weird and specific. I love and, it. Um, first Jersey connection. I think there are two, though I missed the second one that you pointed out. But right in the beginning, when we're establishing what a big deal of Nick Rivers is, he's headlining a show. And yes. it is on the bill is Linda Ronstadt and um, Fats Domino. And then lastly, time permitting Frank Sinatra. Correct. I can't believe you missed the second one. I'm going to text you the screenshot that I took of it. When the doctor, Dr. Flamont, uh-huh. is digging his tunnel, when they show he looks in the tunnel and is all impressed, it's because it's literally like the Lincoln Tunnel to New Jersey. Yeah. And it's I was just going to say, and most importantly, it's headed toward jersey yeah yes that's uh yeah i totally missed that yeah that's really funny perfect yeah. perfect so i we know got two good jersey connections uh-huh. I mean, frank sinatra is an iffy jersey connection for me just because he's a traitor and how dare he but right. he's you know yeah he is he is from jersey whether he likes it or not so yeah oh and also the um the underwater scene at the end mm-hmm that was actually practical. Like, I don't yeah. know if you saw that, but they like literally just kept diving underwater for 10 or 15 seconds filming and then going up to get air. That's, which I is nuts. Yeah. And also really well done. And that scene works like it. Mm-hmm. it I was still I, I still feel, I thought that was great. Yeah. Um, one of the reasons we decided to do this was because of Weird Al's uh, vouching for it. Because, mm-hmm. again, like I said, I hadn't seen it in like 20 or 30 years. Um but he says that their comedy, these the Zaz is what they call themselves, Z-A-Z, yeah. the, the two Zucker brothers and Jim Abrams, um, says that their comedy was a huge influence on him. And there's several gags in UHF where you could say, oh, that's like an airplane gag, um, absurdist sight gags. He also apparently included a backwards scene in the video for Amish Paradise in homage to this movie. Oh, my god he's like serious he's so serious this is like his favorite movie or at least it was when they asked so he there was an interview that they did with him in in vulture that he it comes up twice once where he's talking about why like it's his favorite movie but then there's also um an interview with him that he brings it up again and oh here it is with the av club um there's like one of those 11 questions you know interviews um that he did and it's questions like what's your the worst job you've ever had what did your parents want you to be um but one of the questions is who would be your pop culture best friend 
And Weird Al says, I'm going to go with Nick Rivers, who was Val Kilmer's character in the movie Top Secret. That's probably my all-time favorite movie, and I kind of wanted to be Nick Rivers. I thought he was the coolest guy ever. And if you were an actual person, I think he'd be the kind of guy I'd want to hang around with. <laughs> that is bananas. Because, again, Val Kilmer is beautiful. His character is not – in fact, that's, like, one of the – like, if there were issues – not if there were issues with this movie. Yeah. One of the things I would say about this movie is that Val Kilmer's character, like, he's kind of a nothing. He's right? so thin that it's he's transparent. Yes. Yeah. He's he, just there to hang jokes on. Yeah. And that as another thing that the filmmakers have actually said is that they really did him a disservice with that part because they didn't really give him anything to, like, hold on to. Um. But apparently one time Weird Al did meet Val Kilmer and he said they were both on an airplane sitting in first class um, and he didn't want to bother him because it's always awkward. But then when they were getting off the plane, he said, excuse me, Mr. Kilmer, my name is Al Yankovic and Top Secret is my favorite all time movie. And he kind of gave me a look like, really, you're going to pick that one. <laughs> <laughs> so real genius is right there. Yeah, wow. I know. Like, I know. Come on. I know. I love Real Genius so much. And that to me is um, Val Kilmer at like the top of his like. He's perfect. In yeah. Movie. There's the Ringer podcast for rewatchables does it calls something called Apex Mountain. And uh -huh. it's like, is this the Apex Mountain of Val Kilmer as like a hot young actor? Yes, obviously. A hundred percent. Yeah. But you can see it starting with this movie. Oh, yeah. You know, you well, can see what led he's... up to it. I've said it 12 times now. He's so beautiful. He really and is. There's not, he doesn't have much going on, but he's still charming and it's easy to watch him. And yeah. then real genius, you get all of that, but he gets to like, also he gets to be beautiful on screen and have fun and have a little edge. And like, yeah, he's just, he's just perfect in that movie. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, he's David Zucker said um, this was a tough character to play. In retrospect, when Jerry and Jim and I have discussed this, we've thought, well, gee, who was this character? We didn't write him a great character, so we assume a lot of the responsibility. Good for them, though, for being like, yeah, for taking accountability here. Yeah, they really, they definitely have. There's a big pigeon statue that takes a big shit. That I was gonna say doesn't hold. <laughs> like that's a bit of a miss for me. After after three guys land on it, then like. Via parachute and pee on it. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's definitely some uh, stuff that doesn't hold up. But but yeah, again, some of it, I mean, some of it really did make me laugh. I, I can't, I'm trying to think if there's, if there are any other big ones. I think those were the the biggest ones for me. Can I? That carrier um, pigeon. Oh, there were a couple of um, really, really dumb ones where they look down. There's the one where they look off the balcony onto the street and there's like hamsters and mice running around uh -huh. apparently that was actually a miniature from the superman movie from 1978 huh. they found it in an old studio and thought it'd be fun huh. to use in the movie cool there's I just like that. the the pac-man scene like just stuff that you're like what what's happening so do you want to hear my favorite trivia fact about this movie mm -hmm. um it's about cows <laughs> i've spent a lot of time looking at cows lately because <laughs> i've been in the west um, apparently cows hate having things put on their feet. So to oh. get the cow to wear two pairs oh. of Wellington boots, the bottoms had to be cut out. And then the boots were attached to the cow's legs with Velcro. How was the Velcro attached to the cows? Don't know. No details there. Okay. 
Maybe huh. sticky Velcro? Would okay. it stick to their fur? Maybe. I guess I wouldn't be too upset if they used, like, some sort of putty or something that could be easily... Or, like, maybe they, like, attached the Velcro... I'm thinking too hard about this now. Attached, like, sewed the Velcro to, like, fabric scraps and then tied that to the legs of the cow. Okay. I would be okay with some version of that. Yeah. But nothing on their feet. Because cows hate things on their feet. I I like when an animal has a preference. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Yes, I do. Like, like Pacey has so many toys, so many, and but he has favorites, and they all get lined up on the bottom shelf of our coffee table. And sometimes he'll just be laying on the sofa, and then he'll just get up out of nowhere, wander over and pick one, and then come back. And I'm like, you just made a choice. You just made a you made a choice with your little brain. I think yeah. that's that's fascinating. Yeah. Yeah. Cows don't like having things on their feet. In the weird sex scene where they're on the beach in this oh, movie and there's wait. so many hands and feet. That Why? really, really bothered me. What is the joke there? There isn't one. It's just a visual dumb thing. But uh, I couldn't. There were a couple of times in this movie where I was obsessed with like, how? How did that? <laughs> where were they like? And it'll be funny. Because there'll be, first there'll be like an extra hand. Yeah. And you won't know where that's coming from. And then there'll be an extra foot. And then eventually the screen will be overwhelmed with hands and feet. Even though we know they're on a deserted island. Yeah. Like, once it's in the movie, whatever, it looks silly. It's But like, they decided to do that. Yeah, they did. I know. I know. It The feet really bothered me. Um, <laughs> I literally wrote, so many creepy hands and feet. Ugh, I hate feet. Um. Yeah, we evolved those weird. Yeah, they, yeah, definitely. Oh, other names of the French resistance: croissant, <laughs> détente. <laughs> I just, I'm so dumb. Do you have all of them? No, I didn't write them all down, but I think I have a good number of them. So détente, croissant, avant-garde, uh, chocolate mousse. Yeah, uh, we're, just, we're just gonna just run right by right out. past that. Déjà vu. Um. What am I missing? Oh, latrine. Right, latrine. Yeah. Then there's that guy, Albert so... Potato. <laughs> oh, wait, that was another one that got me. <laughs> Is this the potato farm? Yeah. So I'm yes, Albert I'm Albert potato. potato. Yeah. Oh, and the floating fireplace when they're parachuting <laughs> and they're talking by the fireplace. Also stupid. I know. Pretty good. I know. Pretty good. Oh, and then the boots... When he's crawling on the ground and he sees the boots in front of him and stops and then looks up and it's just a pair of boots. There's also another boots joke where the one, I don't know, military guy, he's sitting at his desk and it looks like he's got his feet propped up on the desk and then he stands up but the feet stay. Again, yeah. just there's a actually visual a third, gag. There's actually a third boots joke also when they're like pretending to be like Nazis or East Germans and they're high stepping and they're flinging the boots off their legs oh. as they're doing it. There's a lot of boots jokes. Well, they, it is. I now, as the more we're talking about it, the more impressed I am with how many. Again, whether they work or not, but it is just, just jam packed. Jam packed. Like they're throwing darts at the target on the plane, um, 
at the end, there's like randomly a scarecrow because she's saying goodbye to everyone and saying how much they're going to miss her or that she's going to miss them. Again, no reason, just because that's funny. Yeah, there's there the is. hair gags when she's riding the motorcycle and her hair is still back. And then like he comes out of the water and then suddenly he's dry. Like there's just there's like the evil Knievel scene. It's just literally constant. He sends the bikes off like they're horses mm-hmm. at one point. Like, mm-hmm. again, no reason. Giant phone bit. <laughs> I do love an oversized prop. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I mean, honestly, one of my favorites was the uh, another day and I would have completed my tunnel and you look and it's the Lincoln Tunnel. Like, that's actually pretty amazing. That is. That is good. The the guard that falls off the tower and just shatters on the ground like a piece of pottery. <laughs> There's some really ridiculous stuff in there. That's what I mean. Like, cut the cows the hopping stuff. over the, the shape of the binoculars. Did you see that? Oh. I think I missed that. He's looking through the binoculars at the cows and the cows like jump over the little black shape the of the divot part. That's yeah. funny. Yeah. Yeah. They're all in the U-Haul plane when they jump out of it. <laughs> the pizza cheese in the scene in the pizza shop. Did you notice that in the background? All the young people are like pulling the cheese all the way across the room. Man, I maybe it's just really I mean I'm dumb. not gonna watch it again, but <laughs> I was gonna say maybe I will. But that's what I mean. There's so much in this movie that I didn't yeah. realize how much I missed. Yeah. Like like when the French resistance guys are packing up to leave, like one of them is throwing like a hairdryer and Pepto <laughs> and a baseball mitt into his backpack. It's like um uh Yardley Smith packing in uh um, yeah. her marbles. In uh Billie Jean. Legend of Billie Jean. Yeah, yeah. Um, the fact that in uh, Nick's backstory story, he worked in the preteen maternity department. <laughs> oh no, that was another another good bit. Was she gives her really long, ridiculous Blue Lagoon story? Yeah, and then he's like, "I can relate." And he says, "Like once I got lost <laughs> at the mall." And you think like, "Yeah, he's trying to relate with his work," but no, he also yeah, he never saw his mom a- again. Well, because. <laughs> They tried to page her, but the system was jammed up. Yep. And then just the idea that so he just lives at the mall now. Yeah. 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 And then he got his singing career because he, they needed a jingle. Right. And it was Are You Lonesome Tonight? Yeah. It's just a parody. It's just a straight parody of Are You Lonesome Tonight? Yeah. Yeah. Them going up the fire pole. <laughs> There's just like so many dumb little gags that really just... There's my, one of my other favorites was the Ford Pinto gag. It's either the Jeep or it's like a, a tank or something just taps the bumper mm-hmm. of the car and it explodes. That's Ugh. that was a Ford Pinto. But like a lot of people that didn't know about the exploding Ford Pinto just assumed that it was like making fun of how cars constantly explode right. in movies. But it was really about the which we uh, we owned a Ford Pinto. Did you? Yeah, that was the car that my dad had when I was born. He got rid of for safety, so he didn't explode his child. Um, I guess. <laughs> not in New Jersey. Yeah, it wasn't a very good car in many ways. Uh-huh. Not just the exploding. This is a movie I like if I were grading podcasts in general, I would say like can't just list scenes from a movie and call that analysis. But this movie Yeah. I mean, like I, I think listeners know you and I we are down for a deep dive. I think this movie just doesn't really call for that kind of no. exploration. No, it doesn't. I feel like we we went from like sort of 
I mean, not serious, but like self-serious movies, Mm -hmm. you know, like Pump Up the Volume is not a serious movie, but it takes itself very fucking seriously. Right. Right. Well, in Garden State. Yeah. And we went from that. We kind of took a moment in like silliness and we went like whoop right over the edge. I do feel like it's almost like my blue heaven was me being like, this is a silly. And then you were like, well, hold on. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. You, you think, silly. yeah. You think that's silly? Just wait. <laughs> Just wait. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know that I have anything amazing to say about this movie. I, I, it makes me laugh. It's so dumb. I think I'm gl- that I, I'm really glad. I'm genuinely glad we watched it. <laughs> like, I never would have. Yeah. I think it is fascinating to look at this movie and be like, Weird Al's favorite. Favorite movie. Favorite movie. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I feel like this is how we would end up talking about something like Airplane also. Like, I don't think that, or even honestly, like, I love Spaceballs, but I think even if we, like, talked about one of those types of movies, at some point it devolves into just quoting the movie. Yeah. Yeah, you know, oh, I that's what I mean. Like so much of this, these kinds of movies is like when, yeah, when you find them, right? And I honestly think, like I loved Airplane and used to quote it incessantly. I do think that if you were to rewatch Airplane like this week, the plot would make more sense than this. But I do think that it would have a similar vibe of like joke, 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 joke. Like lots of good jokes, also. I I almost want to say more cringe jokes than in this movie. Like, and by cringe, I don't mean like uh, cringe. I mean like inappropriate, problematic, like, because there's a lot of boob stuff in this. There's a lot of like misogynist stuff. There's the chocolate mousse thing. But other than that, I actually was surprised at how it avoided being really offensive yeah. because so many movies at that time were, including Airplane. <laughs> Yeah, I agree. Um, I think a big part of that is because so much of it is just about wordplay and visual gags. Yeah. Like, they're not, there's not a whole lot of like commentary happening with this movie. And I think that's where these kinds of movies can get themselves into trouble in terms of like conversations, like, like movies that even like meant well for their time. Movies yeah. that weren't like outright trying to be. Yeah. Problematic because there I mean, are movies that are like, yeah. trying to be offensive. Right. But for movies that aren't but still end up being that way, I think a lot of times it's because they're trying to comment on something where the conversation just wasn't like developed yeah. enough yet. But I mean, like Airplane has that whole jive scene, which now is like incredibly hard to watch. Again, I have not seen Airplane. Yeah, since I was, like, I, it would be little. interesting. I We will not do it on this podcast, but I it would be interesting and you'll never watch it again. But yep. if I, <laughs> if you watched it and like had a had a 2023 level reaction to it, I would go back and watch Naked Gun again though because I still have fondness for that movie in a way that I just never developed for Airplane because I, yeah. I saw that one maybe once. Yeah, so I would be interested to see. Yeah, um, but you know def- I- definitely pieces of Airplane really don't hold up. It's the whole point of the pieces of an airplane is for them to hold up. Oh Otherwise, God, Andrea. <laughs> that's the whole that's what airplanes that's what they do yes yes it is are you proud of yourself um a little bit yeah okay yeah, on, a little bit again for 8 30 yeah p.m 10 a.m andrea not proud right 30 andrea kind of proud okay okay 
I watched Little Shop this week. Yes, yes. Did you you <laughs> Just, did you want to talk about something with Little Shop? Um, well, I guess I'm I just was I think thinking of movies that I loved as a kid that I might worry don't hold up. Yeah. Little Shop is not one of them. That movie is still perfect. Um, I didn't really mean to segue us yet unless if we're done with I mean, I don't have much else to say. I it made me laugh. It was very silly. Um Yeah. A lot of boobs. A lot of boob a lot of boob jokes. Yeah. Pretty common at the time though. Yeah, yeah. And like they were stupid boob jokes. They weren't even that like I wasn't like offended by any no. of them. I was just like, this is stupid. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Do you remember last week? You might no. not. Yeah, <laughs> no, I do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fair. But when I said we were I, I think it made it in I, I'm actually not sure if it made it into the edit or not, but I was I had said like, oh, there was something that I mentioned at the beginning of the episode and then we got to the end and I wanted to tie it up and I couldn't remember for the life of me what it was. Oh, yes. yes. Then I remembered. Yes. And you promised me yes, that you... I could spend a little time talking about it. This and week. this is your time. You may and have this is. time now. And Little Shop is tied in because I've just been really, I have mentioned my love for Rick Moranis. I just think he's perfect. Mm-hmm. And so I had to watch Little Shop this week because I think that's that's my favorite Rick Moranis role. That movie, I I don't, can you be one of a listener of ours and have never seen Little Shop of Horrors? I mean, you can, but I think that you should remedy that. Like immediately. Yeah, definitely. This is not the thing. This is not the thing I wanted to talk about. No, but um, yes, you should remedy it immediately. You know, I, I told you that I saw this in the theater, right? Oh, I don't know. Yeah, I saw it in the theater with my mom. I, I, maybe you did mention that. Um, it came out the same year I was born. Coincidence? Good I God. Not. It just makes sense. Doesn't it Good make God. sense that, but, but doesn't it no, make sense? I know, I know. I'm just, I can't get over the age thing. Um, I know. I'm so, I'm just so young. Such a baby. I'm just such, just a youthful young It really came out in 86. Person. So I saw yeah. this in the theater when I was 11. Perfect age. Yeah. With my this mom. This is a movie I don't remember not knowing. It's like, this is like, would have if you hadn't seen this movie, this is the first movie we would have watched on yeah. my end. Like, it, I love it. It it just is perfect to me. Yeah. Um, listeners, if you do watch this movie, make sure you watch. I'm going to talk for two minutes about Little Shop. Then I'm going to talk for several more minutes about something else. Okay. And then we'll let listeners know what we've got coming yeah. down the pike. If you watch Little Shop of Horrors, make sure you watch the original release the theatrical release because there is an alternate ending of this movie that i have never watched on purpose Mm. except i did this time but i didn't realize that's the one i was watching yeah and it is i'll just say it's bleak they the original ending they shot of this movie not gonna of, of little shop i'm not gonna spoil it um, but it tested so poorly that they went in and reshot the ending. And that's the theatrical release. It's what I grew up loving. If you've never seen the movie, make sure you watch the theatrical release first because it will really color how you feel about this, yeah. about the movie. I've never um, seen the alternate ending. But another thing about Rick Moranis is that he famously <laughs> disappeared from the spotlight yeah. um, and stopped acting for a long time. He's popped up in a few things since. But in 2005, he released a country album called the agoraphobic cowboy 
I can't. I had no idea. It this is, is a new thing you've introduced into my life. It is. I'm not going to comment on its goodness or badness. Okay. Because I love him so much. Oh, no. But it's a lot of, it's like, a lot of it is just like him do like serious wordplay like the the first song on it is called nine more gallons and i'm just gonna read you a little bit okay work all day to pay the rent before the money's earned it's all been allocated i got nothing on my plate but i wish that i were fat nine more gallons and i'll have me a hat work all night i'm always tired hope my boss doesn't get me laid off um, so it's just a lot of him like playing with words and language. He has one song on the album that's just all like acronyms. If you want a crazy deep dive on this album, I'm going to recommend an episode of my podcast, Left of the Dial, before I was the host. Oh, um, my previous, uh, the two previous co-hosts. One of them is still a co-host with me sometimes, um, but the two people who started the podcast did just a full deep dive on this album um, for left of the dial again it is called the agoraphobic cowboy and it is a pretty like like it's not i know that like i read those lines and he's joking like you know uh pay the rent before the money's earned it's all been allocated like yeah yeah, yeah. you're you know the subversion of the rhyme there is like silly yeah but it's not really a comedy album it's got four and a half stars on amazon i mean there's only 16 people that rated it but I mean, I would give it five stars because I love Rick Moranis so much. Yeah. Um, But it's just like also thinking in the context of this where like he had just like kind of disappeared and then came out in 2005 with this. Yeah. It's very interesting. Um, And if you are in love with Rick Moranis the way that I am, I would say check it out. (laughs) Yeah. Lots of good reviews of it on Amazon. I think he took it. Whether he thinks it's funny or not, I'm not sure. But he took it seriously either right, way. Right, right. Oh, yeah. SOS is the song. SOSCAA, FBI, NSA, CBS, NBC, CNN, ABC, SOS, GMP, CPI, IMF. <laughs> like, it's just the whole song. Oh, God. So, I just... Have I said I love him? I believe so. Enough times. I believe so. So, top secret... Yeah. Little Shop of Horrors, Agoraphobic Cowboy. Yes. We've got two more weeks in November. Yes. So we can let folks know what we're going to watch next week. Yes. And then do we want to let folks know we've been kind of saying the last couple of weeks that we're, we're like thinking about a kind of reset for January. Yes. Yes. We and- should talk about what's coming up um, because we <laughs> we've kind of had a very strange trajectory of movies recently where we went from like these really essential like core movies to who we are to like some really fun silly ones and we're gonna do a few more silly ones but um but yeah we are gonna take a bit of a turn come december and january just to keep everyone kind of up on what's coming um starting next week we are going to stay on the silly track for a little while longer. Silly track. Ha, ah, do you see what I did? <laughs> Pretty good. <laughs> Pretty good. Um, and we are going to watch one of Andrea's picks. Would you like to tell us? Yeah, I would love to tell us. Okay. Um, it's our Thanksgiving episode. Mm-hmm. And 
despite how much we've talked about him, we have not watched a John Candy movie yet. We have not. And so it seems like such a, it would be truly absurd to watch anything but planes, trains, and automobiles next week. It would be an oversight. You're so happy. I'm so excited. You're so happy. The fact that we've gotten, I got, we got to do My Blue Heaven last week, and now next week we're doing Plane, Trains, and Automobiles. I just feel, it feels good. I feel good. Yeah. You, you've got a good vibe going right now. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So we're going to watch Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. We're going to watch one more as yet undisclosed movie in November. And then December, I'm billing this as our Christmas present to ourselves. I'm so excited for December. As if we haven't I know, this just whole thing been doing is whatever so we want. <laughs> <laughs> this whole thing is totally self-indulgent. But in December, what we are letting ourselves do um, is there are a few movies that both of us love so much that it is like ridiculous to the point where when we first started talking about TV and movies, I think, Andrea, you said, well, my two all-time movies are these two movies. And I said, mm-hmm. that's impossible because those are my two all-time movies. <laughs> How is that possible? Um, but it is. And so in December, we are going to do four movies that we have both seen, but that we both love so much that we just have to take a moment to treat ourselves to talk about them. I'm so excited to be able to take these movies seriously. I know. Because that's what my favorite part of I I love so many things about this podcast. I really do. But my favorite thing is when we get to take something we love really seriously in a way that like, how often do you get the chance to do that? And I'm so excited for December. I cannot wait. December is going to be very self-indulgent, but also I think very, very fun. Um. But I think self-indulgent in a way where if what you like about this podcast is what we like about this podcast, you will be very happy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, And we are going to do one holiday movie for the last Mm -hmm. week of um, December. And if you know me personally in real life, you know what this movie is already. Should I say? I mean, I'm not going to say what it is, but we've talked about it like every other week pretty much since. That might not not be true, but we've definitely talked about it. Yeah, it's not going to be a surprise. Yeah. but yes, yeah, so that's going to be super fun. And then January. So we're giving everybody kind of like a long-term heads up now because we want them to have some time. Mm-hmm. Would you like to say what we're doing in January, Andrea? Yeah, just to remind listeners, I don't know how many of you have been with us from the beginning, but we are technically a Yellow Jackets podcast. Yes, we are. Though we didn't start until season two because you brought me the gift of season one. The last when time I you had, had COVID. COVID. That's right. Oh, yep. my God. This whole huh. thing started because Andrea was sick. And I felt bad that Andrea was sick. <laughs> and I said, you should watch this amazing show that would be the perfect thing to binge when you're not feeling well. And it was Yellow Jackets. And it was the perfect thing to binge when I wasn't feeling well. Mm-hmm. And so I watched season one and inhaled it. Mm-hmm. And it was right before season two started. Yeah, it was like less than a month, I think, before the season started. And so we, that's when we launched season two, but we haven't, that's we did when our a podcast was born. Yeah. And we did a season one recap one episode. Yes, we did. Um, but we've never done a full season breakdown. Not of season one. 
And so, and oh my God, how didn't we open oh, the yeah, show saying have... this? The strikes are over. Both of Both them. Both strikes are finally fucking over. Hallelujah. So nice to see everybody I follow on Instagram and like being able to talk about the projects they yep. haven't been able to talk about. It's Suddenly so promoting lovely. everything. Yeah. But it means that we can just dive so deep back into Yellow Jackets. Yes. Yes. Um, and so we're going to do that with season one. Yep. Um, it will not be. It's a rewatch. It is not a first watch. So yeah. we're not even going to. I think what I really like about being able to do it this way is revisiting season one with our knowledge of season two. I think right. it'll be really fun to really dig into yeah. what we know in hindsight. Totally. And so the so the people in my life that have told me I, ha- I can't listen to the Yellow Jackets part of this podcast yet because I haven't watched it. You have a month and a half. And it'll take, it, it took me. It took you like three days. Yeah. Uh, to get through the first season. So you Make have like sure a, you watch seasons one and two. Yes, please. Um, so I'm going to say that if you are one of those people in my life that are like, oh, I want to listen to the Yellow Jacket stuff, but like, I haven't watched it yet. Start season one and then catch up on season two and then come back and listen to us talk about season one. And then you can always go back and listen to us talk about season two. There's just so much content. (laughs) I'm so, so, so excited. Me too. I think it's going to be really fun. And I've, Uh, I've watched season one, like four times at least. So I, I'm in. I'm in. I've it. watched it twice, once with COVID. Yeah. Though I've watched it here and there, but I've never sat down yeah. since then to rewatch since since we were preparing for yeah. season two. I watched um, it four times. But now look how useful that's going to be. I know. We're really gonna be able to put our 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 close watch glasses on. Yes. Um even more so than normal. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm excited. I think that, you know, we don't know when season three is coming. We do know it is coming. They, yeah. They're they working on it, but we don't know. It could be next year. So, you know, we're going to start off 2024 with a rewatch of season one. We'll do it week by week, just like we would if it was airing, you know, mm-hmm. so season one, episode one, the pilot all the way to the last episode of the first season. Um, and just, you know, Look at it in the context of what we now know and see what's what what's there that we missed, you know. I think it's going to be I, I know I've said this 12 times now. I think it's going to be so fun. I yeah. really can't wait to dive back in. Yeah. And maybe sometime in the meantime, we'll get the uh, mysterious extra episode. The and cabin, again, cabin guy episode. That will be priority. Absolutely. For whatever week that is. Yes, I do. I, I was thinking that that now that they can promote and talk about it yep. like it, that would be what a nice gift for us absolutely that would be to drop as a celebration yeah um i think it's possible yeah. that it's that yeah. it's coming i mean i think originally the idea was that it was going to come out closer to the release of the next season but mm-hmm. because of the delay it wouldn't surprise me if they decided to like just it a little treat actually exactly be smart of them to be like hey yeah. remember we're still doing stuff. Yeah. I mean, I have noticed that their um, social media has picked up again recently for the show. So. Which is, it's a good sign. Yeah. I can't wait. Yeah. But that's not until January. And. You've got some time. We still. You know who you are. <laughs> you know who um, you are. And I can't freaking wait. Yeah. But yeah. I also can't wait for next week. I know. We've got a lot of good stuff coming up still. So. Planes, trains, and automobiles unnamed mystery movie for the end of november uh 
our sort of all time favorite movies that we haven't been able to talk about because we've both seen them. Mm-hmm. And then season one of Yellow Jackets. Hell yeah. Lots of good stuff. And and then we'll see where we're at. I don't yeah. think we'll be ready for I don't even want to say when I think we'll get season three. I know, I can't. I can't. But we're gonna keep going. So yep. we'll, we'll figure it out. Yep. And we will uh hope they move quickly. Yeah. And th- really thank you all for kind of going on this weird <laughs> like ride where we're just sort of following it's really what's just... interesting to us. The yeah. fact that we watched Top Secret this week is not where I thought me either we would be i don't know how we ended up here there there are a handful of you who um we hear from just about every week and i just really it it means a lot yes um that that you stick around and and are along for this ride oh and also jody joined me and my um other co-host on new jersey is the world to talk about the last broadcast which we mentioned we were probably going to do last week um that's over on our Patreon, but here's a little hint is you get a seven-day free trial uh, if you're a new user. So you can go sign up for page at patreon.com slash New Jersey is the world and yes. just listen to Jody's episode and then cancel. I don't care. <laughs> well, you there's some watch... other stuff that might be worth listening sure, to. If you want, but you can watch the last bro- watch the last broadcast on Tubi for free. Yes. And then go listen to me and Jody and our friend uh, Chris Gethard get real deep into some a really strange movie oh but if you're God. one of our horror fans it's yeah technically it's a horror movie if you liked our Blair Witch Project talk I think definitely go check out yeah the last broadcast and go listen to us and then cancel right away if you want or, <laughs> or use don't. that seven days listen to every single yeah. ep- I mean it's a, like a hundreds of episodes maybe at this point um yeah maybe not quite but there's a lot of stuff Just back listen there to all of the gagoots <laughs> Yeah, there you go. You get yeah. If you listen to every episode of Gagoots, you'll get every you get the evolution every... of my contributions to exactly. uh, New Jersey's the world. I mean, New Jersey's the world is is my like happy podcast. Like every time there's a new episode, I'm like, yay! Get to listen yeah. to my friends talk. I still, I mean, I I I do feel that way too. I think it's if I think if you like this energy, you'll probably like that energy too. It's just not always about movies, and it's always about Jersey. Yeah. Um, and I know that some of you who listen here are listeners over there too. So yeah. um you've already heard that episode then probably. That was a fun one though. Yeah, that was really fun. Got to play with the the shtick that I'm I'm apparently very scary to Chris Gethard. <laughs> I'm not sure how that became a thing, but I think because you left threatening voicemails. Jody. They were not threatening. <laughs> we're gonna have to do a deep dive on that. Maybe they that's what we'll do after Yellow Jackets. Just make you listen back to your early podcast oh, no. or your early voicemails. Oh boy. Um, where can folks find us? Uh, they can find us on Instagram at Watchers Pod NJ. Uh, you can find Andrea's delightfully funny clips there, which make me crack up every single week. <laughs> And you can find me at Jody underscore Mim, J-O-D-I-E underscore M-I-M on Instagram. And I'm at AQ Andrea Q on those places. Yeah. We're watchers pod NJ at gmail.com if you want to send us something long form. I don't know what. Yeah. Tell us tell us what your like favorite of this type of movie is. Is it airplane? Is it history of the world? I think mine is probably history of the world or the one that I've seen the most. History of the World Part One. Classic Mel Brooks. 
the right answer. Thank you. It's not my answer, and I know <laughs> that that I'm wrong, but but yeah. You know what else? Oh my god. What? Next Halloween. I'm telling you now, we're gonna watch Dracula Dead and Loving It. Okay. Got it. Oh yeah, where can they find planes, trains, and automobiles? Oh, good good question. I'm assuming that it's on like a bunch of stuff, but yeah, it's on kind of everything. Oh yeah. Is it actually oh. free on Pluto TV? Pluto is where I watched Top Secret. Um, okay. And it was free with ads with a few, like okay. like maybe three or four pretty significant ad breaks, but I was yeah. able to I was oh, yeah. able to watch it. Looks like that's so. where you can find planes and planes and trains and cars. <laughs> you can find all of those things. Planes I mean planes, it's, trains and cars. It's truly watchable everywhere, but you can watch it for free on Pluto TV. We love I'll link to stuff. Yeah, exactly. Um and it's a delight. It's a delight. I'm I'm very excited. I am too. We'll see you in uh I guess Kansas City. <laughs> and I will finally be home. <laughs> Yay. Okay, bye.